Good morning, everyone. Let's uh, get right into some scripture first thing this morning. And uh, we'll start off in Psalms, in the very first one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does his immediate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted in the rivers of the water, that bring forth his fruit in the season, and his leaf, and also not wither. And whosoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to, to get into your word. Father, I ask you to take myself out of the way. Father, let your true message shine through to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Let's look at uh, Joshua 1 and 9. And in Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, or the Lord God is with thee, whatsoever thou doest. And Ephesians 5 and 22. Wives, submit thyself unto your own husbands and to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be subject to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love thy wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The title of today's message is, Be a Man. Uh, this is a, a companion to uh, what we talked about a, a few weeks ago. Um, we talked about who we are, that God made us for a purpose, with a purpose. We have roles. We are built to be certain things. And... Uh, most importantly, we've talked about also how Satan is little by little chipping away at us. That the world keeps putting all of these things in front of us. And we start to, over time, take it as to be the norm. And nothing is exempt from this. He is taking everything that God has made. Everything that God does, everything God is doing, everything that God is, and he's trying to change it. He's trying to distort it. He's trying to make us see it differently so we do not get the true picture of who God is and what he wants for our life. Satan is trying to 
overcome us, not all at once, but just little by little. And one of the basic things that's being attacked, and we don't even realize this, is our character, who we are, who God intended us to be, what our role is. And God, uh, Satan is trying to change it and change God's image of what he has for us. You know, uh, oftentimes we'd hear that thing. If someone was, was not acting in, in a right manner, they would say, come on, be a man, man up. Well, you know, that takes on a very different role today. We uh, almost see it that is a, a negative thing. They're taking the image, the world is, Satan is taking the image of what man is and is changing it to making the qualities that God put into them and making that a, a bad thing. And uh, the media is the prime way of how that happens. You know, Every evening we gather around our TVs and we watch these programs and we, we, we listen to things and we read books. And you can start to see a pattern here. And that is the way that a man is portrayed as a character. We take the, the, the family man, the husband, the father... Now remember that God wants to tear down marriage. He doesn't want to have traditional marriage because that's what God wants. So what do we see in that? We hear in Ephesians, we say that, that women are to submit to their husbands. That means that the men is the, the head of the household, the leader. But we don't see that portrayed anymore. We don't see that respect. We see men treated in a disrespectful way. The character of the wife in these sitcoms is overbearing. The man lives in fear of him having to come up with plots and, and to sneak around and to do things to avoid her wrath. He's disrespected by the children and they don't treat him with respect. And all of this is done in the name of comedy. Because we think that's funny when we watch this, this person being a, a buffoon and being comical because he's being mistreated and he's trying to be manipulated and he's constantly failing. It's, no, it's not always been that way. You know, we can have... We can have comedy. And life is funny. And there's things that happen. And we make mistakes. And oftentimes we can laugh at them mistakes. And, you know, we see in the older ways, in the older movies, we, we see that. You know, we see that, you know, the father has, has good intentions. But sometimes things just go amiss. And, yes, we can laugh at that. But now, the point is being driven that the father is a joke. The husband is a joke. So, as we look at that, and we see the generation coming up that wants to avoid 
being looked at that way because we see it there and we see, well, that is what, how America, how the world sees this person. And men think twice about, well, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I don't want to step in that role because I don't want to be that joke. I don't want to be that character. I don't want to be that buffoon. You know, because we, we watch these, these grand things. We watch these shows. We watch these movies. I mean, how many times, you know, back when they, we do the movie theater thing, you come out of the movie theater, you just watch them racing cars, and you, you watch them running around, and now you think, boy, I could do that. And you, you feel a little, little peppy as you leave the parking lot. You know, how many times do we watch one of them do-it-yourself home fixer-up shows and the next thing we know we're pulling out the paint and the tools thinking that we're going to remodel our own house only to find that that don't work out too well. You know, how many times do we think about starting off on a whole new adventure just because of something we saw on TV? It's a big influence in our lives. So it's not... Irrational to think that that's affecting us in each and every way. And we are slowly being programmed about how we are to see these people. As a man, we're supposed to be strong. It says to be courageous and not fearful. Why? Because we have God on our side. We have God protecting us. But yet, we don't see that reflected In the world. Most of the time we see that God's not there at all. That there's more important things to do. That a manly activity for a Sunday is not going to church. But is to drink beer and watch football. We see that when it is. You know, we'll be going through now and we'll start to see the different Christmas episodes. And watch, you know, pay attention. As I'm, let us stick with you as you're watching along. See how many times it's the dad's idea to go to church for that Christmas service. Or see if it's the mom that's trying to push everyone along. You know, because that's what we do. That's their tradition. That's what looks good, and how they have to hurry along so they can get the good seats this year because they're always running late. It's never the dad. Matter of fact, the dad's always the one that's dragging along, that's going along just because it satisfies his wife, just because that's what he has to do. But he's never in that leadership role. He's never saying the importance of what it has to have God in your life, that why we need to be in church. We never see that. Because it's not what the world wants us to see. It's not what the world wants us to do. We are to be strong. We are to be brave. We see that there's never a, a standing up. There's never a, a push for what is right. Because that makes people not like them. And nobody wants to be not liked. Men, we have a duty to our, our families to be in this role that God has created us to. We have this grand movement for feminism. 
and it's God has created men and women equal. There is not a inferior portion. But we all have roles that we were created to do specifically for a purpose. That is the whole point of marriage of one man and one woman to come together and have a completion. For where one lacks, the other one picks up. But now we have this push that women want to be independent and not have this unity, not have this system that God put into place. And there's not a need for it. There is simply that some things that a man is more qualified to do, and there are some things that a woman is more qualified to do. But as these two things come together, you have the completion of being able to accomplish anything that you need to accomplish as long as you got God in the middle of it. He equips us for whatever we need to do. But it's this idea of independence. It's this idea that I can do it on my own, that I don't need anybody else. That man holds all the power, and I mean mankind holds all the power, and we don't need God. It's all an illusion that is created by Satan to push God further away. We need to be teaching we need to be strong in our teaching. Every time now that it comes to the point where something is right or wrong, it gets suppressed because someone may not like it. God is not concerned about your feelings. He's concerned about your soul. Sometimes you have to have your feelings hurt to achieve happiness. You have to have the ideas that's been put into your mind by the world, by Satan, broke away. And sometimes that's going to be a little uncomfortable. But we have to have that to let the true light of God shine in. I said this year that I believe that many of the stuff is happening to open our eyes. That God is letting us see all the evil that is taking place. Letting us see all the cracks that we have in our armor that's letting the bad stuff in. And that's what we're talking about today. You know, this, uh, these little things. That's where they come through. And the little cracks in our armor, the little places that we don't think about. You know, uh, it's just like our house. We shut our windows and we shut our doors. That keeps out the big stuff. That keeps a raccoon from coming through the front door. That keeps a bad guy from coming through the front door. But what it doesn't do is, it doesn't keep the little bugs from crawling in. It doesn't keep the little ants from working their way into your kitchen. It doesn't keep a spider from finding his way into the corner. Because there's all these little bitty accesses that we don't even see 
that can let stuff in that we don't want in there. So what do we have to do? We have to we have to spray. We have to caulk up all the seams. We have to be proactive. And that is what the Word of God is. It is our defense against all the stuff that we can't see. And what do we do? When we start realizing how the stuff gets in, now we can see it. Now we know it. And now we know what to look for. And that is what the Word of God is doing too. It is opening up our eyes. It is giving us 20-20 vision. It is clearing away the fog so we can see where we need to defend. But as we go through and we're, we're learning more things, as our eyes are being opened, we're seeing more. These little things, little by little. There was one of these uh, question and answers. And a uh, woman had came to uh, Joe Biden and asked him, Mr. Biden, sir, I have two daughters. One is 10 and one is 8. And my 8-year-old is a transgender. And uh, she wanted to know that what was he planning to do to protect the rights of someone like her daughter? Now the whole thing there is just for context, but I want to back up and, and hit on something. Your eight-year-old is a transgender. Okay. Let's use a little bit of common sense here. First of all, God says no. God makes no mistakes. God says no. We uh, have a law that says you have to be 21 years old to drink. We have laws that say that you have to be 18 years old to use tobacco products. We have laws that say that you have to be 18 years old to vote. We have the laws that say that you have to be 18 years old to engage in sex. We have laws that say that you have to be 16 years old and pass a written and a driving test to be able to operate a motor vehicle. We have laws that say you have to be 18 years old to open up a credit card. And I could keep going, so on and so forth. Now there is a reason why we have all these laws. They say that the mind is not fully developed during this time. That even a, a 15, a 16 year old is not fully developed. That they cannot make good choices on their own at that age. So you're telling me that an eight-year-old can decide that they are, in fact, transgender. And see, what's really scary about this is, is that they are working right now, you know, all these dark forces that we're talking about, 
the ones that are occupying high in places are working right now to make it where we can give drugs to children like this to postpone changes in their bodies. That they can go and have time off for school to take hormones and things during the day. They're working on things like right now. So how is it that there's all these other things that the mind's not developed at, that they're not cognitively responsible to be able to make decisions of that nature, but something that can be life-altering, life-changing, that's changing the physical makeup, changing the reproductive nature of a person can be made by someone of that age. That is Satan at work. That is the world at work. And what's happening is, is little by little, we're saying it's okay. But you know, my question is, where is the dad in that? Where is the leader of that household? That says, no, that is not what the Word of God says. Because I don't know about you, if you've ever been around, I'm a father, I've raised eight-year-olds, they do some pretty crazy things. You know, they walk around with pots on their heads. They like to hang out in cardboard boxes. You know, things we don't do as adults, things we don't do, you know, and they talk about different things about what they want to do. How many eight-year-olds want to be an astronaut? How many eight-year-olds want to look for dinosaurs? How many eight-year-olds want to go to Mars? You know, all these things that they say that's really based on not much of anything because they haven't had the education, the life experience. Most eight-year-olds would be covered under the age of accountability when it comes to salvation because most eight-year-olds don't even have the concept yet of who God is and cannot truly take salvation for themselves because they don't understand it. It takes a, a regiment and education. And many of them are not even getting that. Because if you're standing in a church, if they're standing in a church that says that this is okay, they are in the wrong place. Because that is not what my God says. That is not what His Word says. And that is not what I'm going to say. You know, we uh, have this thing now about giving children so much freedom to express themselves and, and be their own. So, 
If you see your, your son puts on a dress at eight years old, maybe at the time to have a little conversation about, hey, son, that's not appropriate. But instead we say, oh, he's just expressing himself. Maybe he's being who he's truly supposed to be. We're not being good leaders. We have a high rate in America of absentee fathers because they don't want to be part of their children's life. Whether it be for they don't want to follow in that stereotype or whether it be they just be selfish, they don't want that responsibility, they're just not there. They don't have that leadership role. They don't have that example. And now we have very poor examples. You know, it used to be we had people that we could would look up to. We had larger-than-life heroes. We had John Wayne. We had Matt Dillon. We had the Lone Ranger. We had strong men doing strong things with a solid foundation. We don't have any Ward Cleavers anymore. We don't have any people like that that can be what a man's supposed to be. We see all these this youth today that's out there in in protesting and burning things down and causing chaos. Where are the parents in this? Where are the fathers? Why is no one putting the stop to it? We want our children to be our friends. We don't want to have any kind of conflict. Well, we can't go through life that way. We have to be who God intends to be. And if we go through his word, we can take any person in there. Any person. No one had a free ride. No one had it easy. Things were always coming against them. Sometimes they're through their own mistakes. Oftentimes it was just because that's life. We live in a sinful world. And when we are on the side of God, when we are on the side of righteousness, when we are working for Him, it's going to be that much worse because Satan wants to derail us. Now we might think that we're one person. That we can't do much. That we're, we're not in a place of authority. We don't have a captive audience. We can't do much. But you know, we all have a role to do. And we affect 
all the people that we come in contact with, all the people that see us, all the people that we are in contact with, they see what we are doing. We see the people that we are. Let's say that you're a business. And you can operate one of two ways. You can try to be honest and good and fair. Or you can try to be corrupt and do whatever it takes to try to make money and hurt people along the way. But people see that. They leave reviews. They have word of mouth advertising. And you just don't realize how blessed you can be just because you've helped someone else. They're willing to recommend recommend you. They're willing to send others your way. And the same thing. When you hurt somebody, when it's not a pleasant experience, people will go out of their way to make that known too. And that's how we are in life with each and every person that we encounter and what we do and what we say. People look at us by what we put out, what our fruits are. It's time to to stand up. It's time to be a man. And it goes for the women too. You have your roles. You know, we're still affected by that curse that happened during the fall of man. And this resistance is all part of that. It's something else that we have to overcome. But that is why we need to be aware that it is here. Aware of what we're doing and aware of what God wants. You know, it really is that simple. We look at why we're doing what we're doing. Most of the time that is going to be sin and because we live in the flesh. And we look at what God wants. And it's real simple what to do from there. It's to not worry about our feelings. Not worry about what everyone thinks about us. Not worry about the effects of it and do what God wants. Because if we go with the system, we go with the world, we go with what seems like it's going to make us feel good at the time, what's going to make people like us, it's going to be very, very temporary if it's even effective at all. And it's going to fall again and we're going to be in that same pattern of failure. But when we go with God... Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable there for a bit, but we are going to build, we are going to get stronger, and we are going to overcome, and we are going to be blessed in the end. You know, we've all tried diets, and when we start on one, well, the first couple days are rough. Rough, you know, we're coming off the sugar, we're coming off the carbs, we're coming off all them things, and we want all that stuff because it's so good. And now we're struggling, we're eating things that we don't really like, and drinking things we don't really like, and we just want to indulge. 
But as we go through it and the days pass, it becomes easier and easier to be able to maintain. And then we start to see the rewards of the weight coming off. And we start feeling better and getting stronger. And we see the positive benefits of it. That's what we do when we turn to God. It's, it's hard in the beginning. It's hard. We got to be dedicated. We got to stand up. We got to beat down all the stuff that says go ahead and give in. We got to have willpower. But then it becomes easier and easier and easier. And then the rewards start to come. It's not easy. It's not easy being the leader. It's not easy having that responsibility. But the blessings are worth it. And if we all work on ourselves individually and start doing what we need to do as individuals, it's going to start affecting us as a whole. It's going to make our families stronger and better. And from there, we're going to grow better and stronger individuals. You know, we have our work cut out for us now. You know, it was a lot easier before, but now we have to stay ahead of everything. And there's so much information that's coming in so fast, and we have to be vigilant about it. Our armor has to be stronger and more impenetrable than ever. But God's word is not limited. It is not limited to when it was written. We still have 2020 standard issue armor. We can overcome whatever Satan and the world throws at us. We just have to stand strong. Bow with me, please.